How you guys doing today, Magic Family? This is your host, Mark Karaki. Excited to be announcing yet another episode of the podcast. And this week, I had the exciting opportunity to unpack a principle through a story of an entrepreneur, a principle that I firmly believe in, the principle of founder problem fit. And this is the idea that there are some individuals who are uniquely qualified based on their background and life experience to tackle certain problems. And when you find those people, they're not really building a startup. They're actually on a mission. So question for you, what do you do when you come from a family of activists birthed in the crucible of apartheid South Africa? Well, you obviously build technology to enhance citizens' relationship with their government. This week, you'll hear from Eldred Jordan, founder of GovChat, a social good platform for connecting citizens to government's resources and services and enhancing transparency. Truly bold vision. This is a story of an entrepreneur who found his purpose and committed his life to fulfilling it. Facing unbelievable odds and forcing the universe to open up when there didn't seem to be a way forward. This is a story of pure commitment and I know you will be inspired. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for the um, introduction. Great to spend some time with you. I'm not sure if it's morning your side, but it is morning in Santon. So really a huge honor just to spend some time with you and just share a bit about what GovChat does. Fantastic. The honor is all mine. It's noon here in Nairobi. And right. we'll just dive into it right away. I've, I've been looking at your bio and your history and your story, and I cannot wait for us to unpack this narrative. So <laughs> the first place I want to start, Eldred, is a quote that I pulled uh, off of something that you said. This is your personal quote. And it says, the best and newest technology is going to be technology around social good. Now, I am a firm belief on this. Everything we are building at our venture studio at Impact Africa is really driven by the ethos of enhancing human well-being. But I want to hear it from you, right? That's a very bold statement to put out there. Yeah. Expound further on this thesis and how it relates to GovChat, if you could. Yeah, so that's a great question. I believe that where you are able to, through purpose, really tackle challenges, and as we have many challenges on the African continent, mm-hmm. more to say that uh, technology on the African continent is created out of necessity more than convenience, like we see in the West. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when you are able to apply technology with first a core focus being social impact, yes, you are able to drive bottom line, but you are also able to impact millions of people's of lives is mm-hmm. a game changer. And it is what is needed right now. If you look at many corporates, there's a big shift from what we call corporate social investment to social impact projects. I think corporates are tired of painting schools on Nelson Mandela Day and mm-hmm. really rather wanting to spend their time and their resources on impactful projects where they can change people's lives and where they know that the changing of those lives would have a ripple effect that it empowers people, that there's a young group of people on this you know, continent, that that could just rub off and make a very special place this African continent thrive and 
I believe that the challenges that we have, not just in South Africa, but on the African continent, massive op opportunities, opportunities that you won't find in the US, that you won't find in Europe or in Asia. It's opportunities only that you'll find on the African continent. But it definitely, is, I think that it is just so exciting when you can do something that enables a social good or social impact. It just, it changes things completely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for that. And let, let's take a step back and talk a little bit about GovChat and what it is that you do. So it's government, it's, it's a GovTech startup that's looking yeah. to introduce digitization into the citizen engagement intersection. That's a very ambitious initiative to build such a solution. What inspired you to go down this road? So I guess it's been a crazy journey, right? So I used to work with a team that founded Mixit. I'm not sure if you can remember a platform yes, called Mixit. I Mix remember it. that. Yeah, it, it was massive. It was there way before Facebook and WhatsApp. It had about 88 million re registered users in about 120 countries doing a billion messages every single day. And it was born out of the high schools of the Cape Flats, uh, a very a area that unfortunately goes through many challenges around unemployment and poverty is pretty, pretty huge. But they found a way to connect outside of using SMS and mm -hmm. change the game completely. And so... When I joined, I think it was in 2012, I was heading up two programs and create two mobile applications on the Mixer platform to understand if there was appetite for young South Africans to engage with their government, mm -hmm. one with the presidency and the other with a political party called the African National Congress, which I think is the largest liberation movement out there. We found it very quickly that... It wasn't national government issues that these young people wanted to chat about, but it was actually local government issues, basic issues around mm -hmm. access to water, access to uh, electricity, access to jobs. We also found out that 80% of young people did not know who their public representatives were. And so mm -hmm. there was a clear need and there was a clear gap around communication between citizens and government. And mm -hmm. I knew that if I could create a very simplistic platform that could connect the two, that I would be on something very powerful. It's been a crazy journey because when you use your own resources mm -hmm. for some time, like any entrepreneur, you will run out, unfortunately. And right. I did. I, I lost everything. I lost our home. My children got suspended from school. I had to move back into my mom's place. It was a really tough, you know, journey. And mm -hmm. I guess after feeling like a failure, not being able to provide for your family, there are certain decisions that an entrepreneur needs to then make. Is mm -hmm. chase dream around engaging and connecting citizens with government going to happen at the cost of not being able to provide for your family? Right. And right. I... I count myself really blessed because out of nowhere, obviously I was posting quite a lot of, of my vision on LinkedIn and on social media platforms that I got this call and someone that was watching the work that I was doing called me up and said, do you need help? When I said, mm. no, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of done. <laughs> you I'm, said no thanks, I'm done. But this person said, here's a million US dollars. Wow. See, you can take 
this concept and turn it into in, into something tangible. And then I guess about 12 months later, a Jay-Z listed entity came and, and they gave me $2 million. And mm -hmm. immediately after that, maybe three months after that, one of the largest banks in South Africa gave me about 5 million rand. So oh, about, close to close to 50 million rand, about $5 million. After losing mm -hmm. it all, I, I was able to raise some capital. And you also have to understand we are sitting on a continent and in a country where startup and venture capital culture is not something that you can go by. You have to be very lucky to get someone to part with their money and hope that the that your dreams are going to come true. So right. I was very, right. but with that said, GovChat was able to conclude agreements with this government successfully in 2022, we have 8.7 million active citizens on the GovChat platform. Obviously has been a, a massive blessing for the ICT sector. Mm -hmm. I myself, even at Mixit, have been advocating for digitized services within the public sector for a long time. And only because of COVID were we able to really see governments start appreciating that mm -hmm. technology and enabler. Right. And that right. we do reach South African citizens at scale to the Fantastic. tune of 13, 13 million South Africans being able to receive and apply for a grant, a social services grant on the platform to the tune of 66 billion Rand without Amazing. needing to stand in a queue at a social services office. That's so again, so cool. show this has never been done in the world. And so I'm really excited that we were able to really stick it out, show that through following four steps, you can create a successful platform. Those of you that are listening that wants to do this in your country, I think the first thing that you need to focus on is really just understanding that you cannot create a platform that at the end of the day becomes a complaints channel for citizens at a government facility. That people use Twitter for that right now, at least in Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a platform that is co-created. Mm -hmm. Many people don't understand, and that's definitely the first secret to creating a successful platform like a GovChat. Mm -hmm. It has to be co-created with government and government departments. They have to mm -hmm. feel part of the process. Many people don't understand that government are people like you and I that wake mm -hmm. up with the same socioeconomic conditions like you and I, but they are also just people, right? And so right. you have to understand what makes them tick and you want to try and help them make your country a better place. But if you're going to try and just complain at them, it's not going to solve the problem. Right. People are going to dig you know, their heels, yeah. Yeah, so you have to create, you have to co-create with government if you are going to get to a platform that is used by government and citizens. The second thing I think yeah. which is important is for you to focus on is access. You know, I've seen so many technologies around the world, especially on the African continent, that uh, gets dumped on governments and then just never used. In South Africa, it's unique because the cost of data in South Africa is still a very expensive thing, right? And so if right. you create a platform that you go on an iOS store or Android store and you need to go and download a mobile application, you are not going to get the adoption that you need. Right. 
GovChat did that as well. You don't have to go to the iOS or the Android store to have GovChat. The second thing is the majority of mobile phones in South Africa is Android phones and and those low-cost Android phones. And those Android phones come with a limited space and they come also with preloaded applications like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. And so I can tell you now that there's no way that a citizen is going to delete WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, which is a very important messaging platform and replace it with GovChat. Those are what we call essential messaging platforms. And so what GovChat did was it started using technology that integrates into messaging platforms that you already have on your mobile phone. And so you can just Mm -hmm. add it as a contact in WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger and you can engage. And so Mm -hmm. we saw numbers during the peak of COVID, we were processing about 12,000 messages a minute on GovChat. Mm -hmm. I think in the last Mm -hmm. few months, we've process just short of 600 million messages. It is incredible, but it's because we focused on this. And then I guess the third thing was that if you create technology like this, you have to be able to create it on a platform that is able to handle scale. So scale has to be a big part of what you are building because it might be a great platform, but if it can only handle a few thousand people in it, it just doesn't make sense. And so Amazon Web Services, which is a partner of ours, has really helped us in the way that we built GovChat on the cloud completely, that it enables governments around the world scale really quickly. So think about the infrastructure, think about the technology and how it's built. And then the final secret of success around building ecosystems like GovChat is make sure that you consider how you protect your data and how you secure that data. So data privacy and data security is very important if you are going to address platforms like citizen engagement platforms that engage with you know governments. And so think about how you secure that data. It's the biggest topic right now. There's a big issue around trust when it comes to these type of platforms. And I think that GovChat has really done that well. We take regulations like Poppy, privacy regulations like the GDPR, which is in the European Union very seriously. So if you're going to consider platforms like this, please make sure that you concentrate and focus on co-creation, on access, on scale, and then on the final one on data security and privacy. I hope I'm not sounding like a politician this this morning and that you are listening to like what I'm saying. Yeah, you've answered a bunch of questions that I already had planned out, which is fantastic. It's just great to listen to you and see how you think about this. What what I would like to do is really take a step back here and, and go to almost the ethos and again, what drives you to actually step into a space that is, for the most part, quite challenging. Building for government and doing it in an innovative way as a startup looking for funding, it's not a well-worn path, right? It's, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of friction there. And where I want to go with this is pose this idea out there. So one of the things that we are doing is we're launching a venture fund. 
to Adipat Africa. So we're yeah. launching From Here Ventures. And one of the critical rubrics I use to evaluate investments is this idea of a founder problem fit. And it's a question around, is this the person or team who would naturally solve this problem, right? Is there yeah. a clear line of inevitability between Eldred and GovChat, right? Or is it just an opportunistic thing? Is it in their DNA based on who they are and where they come from? And so that's what I want to dig in. Tell us about your background and, yeah. and entrepreneurial journey. You've talked about the entrepreneurial journey. So tell us who tries to solve this problem? Where did you come from historically yeah. that put you in the environment to actually say, this is a big problem that I connect to, and yeah. this is how you can solve it based on what I know, the mechanics of government and so on and so forth. So I, look, I'm very lucky that I've been born into a family that were civil rights activists. Mm -hmm. So as a five-year-old, I'd be playing with my toys in the heart of what we call in South Africa, apartheid, a system mm -hmm. designed to divide people across racial lines. And those that are cabinet ministers now, back in the 1980s, would come to our home because my dad was a trade unionist. He was a teacher's rights activist. And as a five-year-old, I would be playing with my toys in the conversation with thought mm. leaders, cabinet, the civil rights movements, discussing policy and possible policy if democracy should come in the near future. Mm. And this is in the 1980s. So I was very lucky to spend time with people that were civil rights activists and, and really had the rights of people at the core of what we believed in. And mm -hmm. I guess it's brought up in that era, in that household that formed me and that made mm. me understand the plight of people and the challenges that our people face, not just in South Africa, but in Ni Nigeria, in Kenya, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Gambia. So similar challenge around colonization. And right. I guess it is growing up in a family of activists that has made me who I am, that enabled me to really understand the plight of the people, but also understand the way that governments operate. And it was important that that, that happened. And I think the big problem with people or citizens or anyone that wants to kind of do this going forward, I think that they miss that part. They miss really understanding what makes governments tick and what are the challenges of our people. I've been very lucky growing up, being part and parcel of civil rights activists and just being in that environment that has shaped me to give me this mindset of wanting to give of myself, wanting to serve our people and this country and this continent. I'll continue yeah. doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That explains a lot because it leads to the other thing that you had talked about earlier, which is your level of commitment as is astounding. You bootstrapped this project for three years from your own savings, lost everything, had to move back yeah. into your mom's house. Your kids yeah. couldn't attend school because lack of fee. You are all into this thing. And it goes back to your background, right? You are living out your purpose in some way, shape or form, which is fascinating. And then you had given up on the, on the dream because you had run out of runway, if you will, 
And yeah. then somebody from an angel, literally, <laughs> calls you and says, hey, do you need some help? And you said no. So talk a little bit about that period, because it seemed you put yourself out into the universe and the universe responded. Maybe give yeah. us some sense of that day, how that happened and who this person was and, and how that followed. It was the toughest period in my life. Mm -hmm. It was a tough period when you're not able to respond to your daughter that asks you, dad, when am I going back to school? Because she thought that she was on a school holiday. Mm -hmm. And she said that the holiday is getting a bit long. Now, a child would never say, <laughs> you know, a five-year-old would never tell you that the holidays is getting long. They would want holidays until they go sleep. Forever. But yeah, you know, so, so it was very tough not being able to answer those questions. Mm. It was also very tough not to answer my wife that has been a supporting mm. role through this entire journey mm -hmm. around when will I be able to provide again? And it's not like mm. it has gone on for maybe a month or two. I'm talking about three or four years. And so mm. many people ask, how did you last for that long? Right. And my answer and response to that is try and be the best person that you can be for today. Because tomorrow you might not be around. And right. then you have, would have worried about tomorrow and how you're going to pay the bills at the end of the month and all of that. But if you can be the best person, the best version of you today, tomorrow will take care of itself. <laughs> it's just that I went on like that for three years. Every day. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and it eventually Every took care of itself. <laughs> Agreed. Every day and just the positivity around waking up expectant and hopeful. And I guess that's what faith is about. Just being right. hopeful. Because if you have no hope, then what do you have? When you don't have money, you don't have anything and you have hope, that's enough. What is it that kept you going? What problem were you so doggedly determined to solve? I know it's citizen engagement, but what did that actually mean to you? That you were willing to go through the crucible? What was the thing? What did solving this problem mean? Well, for me, we are sitting in that time and still is sitting in a country. First of all, that's a very violent country, right? And service delivery is at the core of the violence. People mm. are hungry. People are starving. Mm. And they are starving because they don't have a way to provide for themselves. Because mm -hmm. they don't have a form of income. And a lot of it, I saw there was just this communication problem. People just didn't know who to actually go to. And then they would start burning state-owned assets or they would start burning people. And, and wow. it just got enough. And I guess that I couldn't stomach that any longer. To go deeper, I guess, one needs to ask yourself serious questions around, why are you here? We all are here for a reason on earth. And mm -hmm. I definitely asked myself that question. And the spiritual side will tell you that God asked me, what makes you tick? What makes mm -hmm. you happy? If there's something that would make you happy, that you would want to be or would want to achieve, what is that part? Mm -hmm. And there was only one phrase that came to mind, and that is serving our mm -hmm. people 
to make things mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's been my purpose. And today Fantastic. I'm a connector of government, civil society, the private sector, and citizens. And Fantastic. I just didn't Fantastic. know that it was going to be this scale, <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. with you. So you basically and, followed your purpose and, yeah. and there was no way you were going to give up on that because giving up on that meant giving up on yourself, giving up on your identity. So it, it all makes sense. So. On the day that you got that call from your angel investor or a supporter of some kind, what was that day like? Was it just like any other day? It sounds like at that point in time, you are thinking about putting this behind you and going to find something else to do. So put us into that day and how that played out afterwards, if you will. I will say this first. I thought that it was just a dream come true. I, I was ecstatic. Outside of being ecstatic, I will... I'll be honest and say I felt relieved. <laughs> but, but, but you know, this is, this is pretty crazy. It seems like that's mana from heaven. You hadn't solicited yeah. this person. Again, maybe let's yeah. take a step back. Had you been trying to raise money? I'm sure you had. And yeah, what, where were you trying to raise that money from? Yeah, I've obviously tried many channels. I've tried media houses. I've tried banks. I've tried many resources. And, and that's why in my in, uh, introductory remarks, I made it clear that we definitely do not have a startup, a VC culture on the continent. And understandably, so it is extra hard to find, you know, someone that's going to part with his money and part with it to see if he can meet your dreams and, and make your dreams come, you know, true. I felt like I won idols. Mm. I, I felt like I was on a platform for a long time and I have been given this opportunity to to showcase the possible mm. and because i had because i had this history at mix it i knew what was possible you'd seen it, it wasn't something i've seen it before i was part of it so it wasn't just born out of GovChat. it was born out of mix it and so mm. it definitely is a continuation of where i left off at mix it then the question becomes, who was this person? How did they find you? I know it was through social media. You've been sharing publicly what you're doing. Yeah. Did they just call and say, hey, like you said, here's a million dollars. Keep doing what you're doing. What is it that they saw? How long had they been following you? What is it that made them make that decision even before it sounds like talking to you? And what lessons can we pick from that? Tell us a little bit about who they are and why they did what they did. In the country and on this continent, mm-hmm that have resources and that care, want to move out of the continent, but that still want to make the continent the place that they raise their families and that they want to be in, because this is a beautiful place. There is nothing like this place. And so there are quite a few people that still really love this country and love this continent. Mm -hmm. And obviously was drawn in by the concept of holding governments to account, mm-hmm. being able to connect with governments and mm-hmm. being able to, to drive the conversation through dialogue. And I guess that is what, you know, sparked it. And it's just kudos to him. Every day I still pinch myself. It's now, <laughs> when I registered GovChat, I registered it in 2016, it's now 2022. I still pinch right. myself 
every morning to say, hey, man, you got to wake up from this dream now. This dream was long enough. So exciting. And so in terms of GovChat, I'm sure people in the audience are wondering, how does it work? What does it solve? If you can get into the nuts and bolts, this is what it does. And this is the problem it solves. The citizen engagement, what does that actually really mean in practice? I think what is important, as I said before, it is one being able to continue to make it easier for citizens to connect with government. So we have created technology chatbot capability to basically speak on behalf of government, right? So if you want to find out who your public representative is, you'd be able to drop a location pin. And we have about 4,300 public representatives on the GovChat platform. You can uh, apply for a social grant on a platform and we've seen well over 13 million applications come through. We have enabled South African citizens to really connect with every municipality in South Africa. So about 257 of them, and they're able to report water issues, electricity issues directly with that municipality without picking up the phone and dialing a call center. And you're awesome. able to see it and you're able to track how those issues are mm -hmm. being fixed. We are also mm -hmm. the first to have enabled COVID-19 test results through this platform. Mm -hmm. And it's been really awesome because it is a first, whether you're using private healthcare or public healthcare, you are able to, you know, do that. And so very happy that we have done that. Obviously there are so many things. Yeah. You can report gender-based violence. You can rape a government facility and we have about 63,000 of them that we've mapped out on GovChat and you can rate the services and the infrastructure of these. Wow. And then obviously government on the other end uses this anonymized data and then mm -hmm. is able to make data-driven decisions to make their lives easier. That's amazing. That's amazing. So talk about the nuts and bolts of this, right? So who is your target customer? Who's the buyer? Right? We know who the user is, it's a citizenry, and also the government on the yeah. other side, they use the data. But who pays for all this? Who's the customer? And how many of those do you have? Yeah, the current model of GovChat, especially in South Africa, comes at no cost to the South African government. So we've had the private sector really come on board to assist in those services and in paying for that technology. Because remember, a lot of this was still to able to understand, is this possible? Am I able to do this? And so you don't mm. want to go into government if you're still piloting something that you are hoping is going to be a success. But what we have created now is a platform that we, or technology that we have now made available as software as a service, where we've now mm -hmm. had requests from governments across the African continent, the Middle East, the UK, Ireland, to have that technology and help them engage with the government and the citizens. Mm -hmm. And that obviously is going to be a, a license-driven model. But again, in a very safe manner where the data is protected, it is done in a secure manner. And yeah, so pretty awesome doing it in that way. Fantastic. So fantastic. It sounds like... South Africa was the, was the pilot project and now you're scaling globally and actually applying a business model to it that uh, global governments can actually utilize your platform to engage with the citizenry and actually uh, get the benefits of that. That's really exciting because the times we live in right now, it is so important, right? To hold yeah. governments accountable, to have more transparency and the technology is there. You wonder why it hasn't happened, but I guess GovChat is part of that uh, equation. So really excited. So I guess. 
But final questions here for you. So what does the future look like when GovChat is successful? I guess the success of GovChat would really continue to enable governments and citizens around the world to take this concept around open, transparent governments seriously. I think mm -hmm. that the more that we do that, I think that this, this world is definitely going to be a better place when we are able sure. to not just at the ballot boxes hold government to account, but it is when we are holding government between the ballot boxes. So the democracy between the ballot boxes, it's then right. on a daily basis where we are able to engage government, ensuring that they listen and that they understand where things are good and where things are not so good and that they must address it, not during an election time, but every day. And so Fantastic. they are those that we've elected to represent us. We need to hold them accountable every single day. And the more that we do that, I think that wars that we're seeing right now in Lebanon, wars that we are seeing in the Ukraine just won't happen because we have governments and citizens a lot more open uh, and connected mm -hmm. So that is the dream of GovChat. So looking back, right, on your journey, knowing what you know right now, what would you do different? And what are the words of advice to those looking to solve public sector problems? I, I, I will be honest and say, I don't think I'll do anything different. This is a journey. There is no shortcut. I promise you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the failures and the lessons enable us to make better decisions. It makes yes. us better people. I promise you. I ask many of the investors, those that have invested in me or, or in GovChat, why did you invest? Was it the technology? Was it the idea? And they said, no. Mm -hmm. They invested in me. Right. They invest in people. It's people that make platforms and businesses work. It's not technology. Anyone can create technology, but you still need someone to be able to see it through, right? Right. And when you go on this journey, know that you are part of a team and that those who are able to invest, invest in people and not in processes. The other thing is don't be scared to fail and learn. It's through those failures that we make the best decisions ever. And even if you fail over and over, there's going to come a time where you say, shit, man, I need to, <laughs> need to start learning from these failures. And then there will be some positivity out of that. Don't take right. no for an answer ever. I'll tell mm -hmm. you this. On the way, I had a meeting with a, a friend that I thought was a friend to share with him my idea around GovChat in the very inception stages. And he mm -hmm. told me it was the worst idea he's ever heard of. Oh my God. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and, and the next meeting that I had was with a, a government de department that actually then signed an agreement with me. So just imagine mm -hmm. I listened to the first person that said that this was right. the worst idea. Today, it's a platform that services millions of people. So don't take no for an right. answer. And then I guess the final, you know, thing that I would really recommend is because entrepreneurship is equivalent to a jail sentence and, <laughs> and it's meant to break you. Jail is meant to break you. And, and it does that because it's a very lonely thing, right? So entrepreneurship is very lonely. So my it advice is. to you and for those that want to continue on this journey is make sure that you marry the right person.
make sure that you have mm. the right partner because they make it easier for you to take on this insane journey. This is a promise. <laughs> this is insane. I nothing like it. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Right. but awesome. Really awesome. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, definitely. I sure does. Listen, I've enjoyed this so much. Huge fan of what you're doing. Huge fan of, of you. Thank and you. really excited to see where this goes because heaven knows we need to hold governments more accountable. We need more transparency. And in the 21st century, in 2022, we have the technology. The question is, do yeah. we have the will? And you have demonstrated yeah. through your journey and the commitment that the will is there. And if you're willing to see it through, anything is possible. I'm so excited about that. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Massive honor being part of this. Continue doing this amazing work. And I wish you all the best. And just keep on keeping on, man. Proud of you, brother. Thank you.